everybody, and welcome to another episode of Info Blips. My name is John Haynes, and I am the host of this podcast. Today's date is October the 4th, 2020. I sincerely thank each and every one of you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please do so by email. My email address is infoblips at activist.com. That's infoblips at activist.com. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. I'm also taking this opportunity to welcome the people around the world that are listening in Ireland, France, Germany, Belgium, and the United Kingdom. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to us. And please take the time to email me at infoblips, the at sign, activist.com. And once again, I find myself saying a lot can happen in a week. This news cycle is almost impossible to keep up with everything that's going on and verify every information source. So we're going to start with the top story, of course, uh, the leader of the United States, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, is in the hospital uh, because of COVID-19. At least that is what is being reported. Now, I'm not going to get into his particular details of how he received it, when he was diagnosed and all that. That's a minutia that people want to get into that just takes you further and further out into the weeds. There is a lot going on in the world today, and Donald Trump in the hospital is important, but there's a lot more significant items that require attention. So I've been receiving criticism because of the way uh, I have approached Donald Trump being in the hospital. Because I'm supposed to feel empathy and I'm supposed to feel sympathetic. But I'm being truthful and I do not. How am I supposed to feel empathy for one of the most empathetic people in the world? How am I supposed to feel empathy for a person who flaunted wearing a mask? How am I supposed to feel empathy for one of the most vile, obnoxious, boisterous person to ever hold public office, let alone the presidency? How am I supposed to feel sympathy for a man who mocked people, openly mocked him for wearing masks and had rallies with thousands of people there that did not social distance and did not wear a mask. And now a lot of them are in harm's way. They have COVID-19 because of his actions. How am I supposed to feel empathy for a man, the leader of the free world, the United States president, when given an opportunity to denounce white supremacy could not bring himself to say the words, I denounce white supremacy. Yet he deflected and told the Proud Boys, a very violent right-wing extremist group, to stand by. And please don't insult my intelligence by telling me, oh, I don't know who they are. You didn't know who David Duke was either, right? This guy is such a hypocritical liar. So, no, I don't feel empathy and I don't feel sympathy. And people are criticizing me online because I said, when they asked me, do I care whether or not he lives or dies? And I said, it is what it is. Now, they're mad at me because I said that, but that's what Donald Trump said about 170,000 Americans that died from COVID-19 at that time. 
and, and I believe Joe Biden and the Democrats are making a huge mistake by not continuing the attack on Donald Trump. So Joe Biden, an honorable man, and would is doing what in honorable times would be done. These are not honorable times. This man is not playing by the same rules you're attempting to play by. You're pulling your ads, your negative ads about him, and he's increasing his negative ads about you. It is time for Democrats to start playing the game that's on the field and stop getting your ass kicked. See, and this news cycle goes where everybody's talking about uh, Trump and his whole campaign wants you to feel sorry for him because he has COVID-19. Meanwhile, we forgot about the fact that he only paid $750 in taxes his first year in office. And the fact that 15 years before that, he paid barely nothing. And it takes away us thinking about the fact that he was told in February that this was a very dangerous disease and and the the tape said so and so he can't say he didn't know he can't say he's lied so much so we have evidence now that he knew but everyone's kind of like forgotten about that because we're supposed to feel empathy and sympathy because donald trump has covid19 or at least that's what's being reported Look, I created InfoBlips to be more than just about the United States presidential election. It's just that at this point in time in history, this is the most important election of our lifetime. It's whether or not our democracy in the United States is going to continue or are we going down the path of an authoritarian dictator type government. And when I looked at the analytics of the InfoBlips podcast, it caused me to think about all of the unrest that's going on in the entire world, not just in the United States. I mean, we have a tendency here in the United States to just consolidate our thinking about the United States as if we are the entire world. We're not. There are struggles from citizens and people in the world against their governments and It seems like almost a power change is going to occur. At present in the world, there are citizen uprisings ongoing in places like Iraq, where you can be killed for protesting. Lebanon, which is ongoing. Chile, which is really heating up. Iran, another place you can get killed for protesting. The United States, another place you can get killed for being black, and in Bulgaria, which is also ongoing. People are rising up because they understand that their governments are no longer serving them well. And not just everywhere, just the places that has mainly authoritarian and dictatorial type of governments. They're just tired of the money being spent up top and them not getting any at all. Does that un, do you does that ring a bell? Do you does, do you understand what I'm saying to you? That these people are tired of the one percent spending all of the hundred percent's money to enrich themselves while they squalor in filth and hunger. Most people are tired of being lied to by their government, like. The government of the United States will tell you that taxpayers cannot afford 
healthcare for all, yet they allow $40,000 for every incoming or new incoming senator and congressperson for office furniture. $40,000 for office furniture. And the United States government is so hypocritical, they tell the United States citizens, or at least our government tells the United States citizens, that we cannot afford health care for all, yet the United States citizens, taxpayers, gives billions of dollars a year to countries that provide health care for their citizens, that provides education for their citizens, that provides abortions for their citizens, that does all of that for their citizens, but we here in America who are giving them the money cannot afford it. And to me, that's not a Republican thing. That's not a Democrat thing. That's an American problem. We all pay taxes that we give away to other countries that are really not that much in need. And the countries that are in need, we just don't know them. We act like we don't care. We act like, oh, we're doing the best we can in Haiti. Oh, we're doing the best we can in Puerto Rico. We're doing the best we can, but we can give billions of dollars away to this other nation because of whatever reason. And I totally believe this is all because of a power shift that is ongoing in the world, not just the United States, in the world. Look, with the United States estimated to be at about 25% unemployment by the end of the year, it's time for us to start reimagining our future economy and what we want to bring into the future that works for all of us and what are some of the things we want to end because it does not work for all of us. See people, I, it is my opinion that the system is not broken. The system is working as it as was designed and intended to work. It was never created for us, the working class, normal everyday people, to become wealthy or an elite. Now, one of us or a couple of us might, and they will definitely make a big splash. It's like Vegas, you know? One or two of y'all make a, a jackpot and everybody goes crazy. Yay, because they advertise it all over the place. But the bottom line is, if we all became wealthy, who would, would continue the labor to make the machine work? And really, most of us don't want to be wealthy, wealthy. Most of, most of us just want a fair wage for the work that we provide, a fair wage, and a comfortable living. Comfortable means different things to different people. And yes, there should still be different types of, uh, you know, pays for different types of work. However, it should start at a fair wage where people can live. In the United States, People are working two and three jobs with no health care and they're living in less than squalor. This is happening in the United States of America while we're giving billions of dollars away to other people. Look, I said early on uh, in the Info Blips podcast that 
COVID-19 would amplify the weaknesses in our system. And it has, it has done more than just amplify the weaknesses in our system. To the rest of the world, we are viewed very different than what we were pre-COVID-19. People around the world are viewing us as weak. People around the world are viewing us as not prepared. People around the world are viewing us as a joke. This is factual. This is verifiably factual. And so let's just take COVID-19. In Europe and other developed nations, workers or people who lost their employment because of COVID-19 are receiving salaries. The government has kicked in with uh, the majority of it. There's a percentage and the, the, the employers would kick in with the smaller percentage. However, the employees are receiving between 80 and 90% of their normal wages. They don't have to worry about health care because that's provided for them as being taxpaying citizens of that country. The citizens in other developed countries around the world also receive time to off to take care of their uh, ailing parents or loved ones. They also have a maternity leave that's phenomenal. I mean, it's not like two weeks and back to work, believe me. And most places in Europe, the workers receive 28 to 30 days of mandatory what they call holiday. It's written into their constitution. So now let's take a look at the United States of America. Most of us get two weeks vacation, if you're lucky, if you just start working. If you've been working longer, uh, you may get three or four weeks, depending. Uh, most of us get uh, three or four days of sick leave. If you're sicker than that, you're supposed to be able to file for what they called short-term disability, which most of the time you do not receive. And most of the time that's at about 60% of your pay. Oh, and most people don't realize this. However, the federal government, the federal rules, do not mandate a lunchtime for employees. They do not mandate a lunchtime. What they mandate is a 15-minute break after working uh, four hours. And so if you receive a lunch break, you have either put the two 15-minute breaks together to make it a half, or you don't receive a lunch break at all. There are people working two jobs in this country who cannot afford health care, and if they can afford the health care, they can't afford the medicine prescribed by their physician. And during a time of a pandemic, the government of the United States is partitioning and suing in federal court to end the Affordable Care Act, which will basically take health care away from millions of people and they have no replacement plan. Does that really sound like government of the people, for the people, by the people? That doesn't sound like that to me. And the further we go down this road with Donald Trump and the Trumpsters, they are not Republicans. I was a Republican. I know what Republican values are. Those people are not Republicans. Anyway, the more we go down these roads with them, 
the more dangerous it becomes of us losing our democracy and destroying our republic. Moving to our next topic, NBC News is reporting an internal document shows that officials were told to comment sympathetically to Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, you remember who Kyle Rittenhouse is, the 17-year-old in Wisconsin that took an assault rifle across state lines to supposedly go to help small businesses. And that's what we were told, right? That's exactly what we were told, and that's exactly what this memo said that they wanted the media to know. NBC went on to say, in prepping DHS officials for questioning about Rittenhouse, the document suggests that they say that he took the gun to Kenosha to help defend small businesses. Never mind the fact that he was a 17-year-old illegally in possession of a long gun that he carried from across state lines to roam around the streets or help protect the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin. So this 17-year-old roaming the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin, helping the police department, shoots a man, actually kills a person in the parking lot of a car dealership. As he attempts to leave the scene, people start to follow him and then they said, uh, get him, he just killed somebody. He falls down, gets up, kills the guy who's trying to take the weapon from him and blows the arm off of another person. And Donald Trump and his association and his administration are saying it, that was self-defense. This guy was applauded. His mother was applauded. He had Christians has raised over raised over $150,000 to defend this guy. I will never forget the images of him walking with an assault rifle, assault style rifle across his body with his hands hands up illuminated by the police department and them just going right past him, him adjusting the rifle three or four times, continually walking toward the police department. And finally, they told, a police officer told him to get out of here, and he left. That, to me, epitomizes white privilege and an open demonstration of systematic racism. And I know some critics are going to say, how is that systematic racism? I will discuss that. I started discussing it in eugenics, and we will discuss it in a, another podcast, but... It is systematic racism through our entire system because of the eugenics built into the system to make it what it is today. This is not an accident and the system's not broken. This is the way the system is supposed to work. The corrupt corporate capitalist system that America now has in place has to change. It has failed. It failed us doing the most time when we needed it the most. COVID-19 and the corporations made billions and we the people are suffering. That is the corrupt corporate capitalist system and it has to end 
for the United States to move forward with the rest of the industrialized world. And now this is not only just my opinion. This is the opinion of several experts, one of whom I dearly love. <laughs> the Pope of Rome, Pope Francis says, the coronavirus pandemic has proven that the magic theories of market capitalism have failed and that the world needs a new type of politics to promote dialogue, solidarity, and rejects war and costs. Look, this health crisis that we are currently in will end. Sometimes It's not gonna magically go away. It will end in some type of way, either it's through a vaccine or us learning to live with it. The crisis will end. And I think at the end of this crisis, the world will have a 2020, if you will, vision of how to move forward. We should know what we're gonna bring into the future with us and what we're gonna leave here. That's just what I believe is gonna be like a reset. And I truly believe moving forward, the situations that we accept are the situations that we validate to stay. We have to change what is not working for the American people. If America is to move forward and to continually be the leader of the free world, we're gonna have to change because the world is changing around us. And as they teach you in leadership and in management, if you're not leading, then you're following. And my last topic is gonna be about Attorney General Daniel Cameron. If you're not familiar, he's the Attorney General in the Breonna Taylor death. So it appears that Attorney General Cameron didn't provide evidence or request um, the grand jury to consider the actions of the officers that actually shot Breonna Taylor. The evidence was not presented for them to rule on it, and grand juries very rarely go outside of the recommendations of the prosecuting attorney. So Megan The Stallion on Saturday Night Live kind of summed it up. Daniel Cameron is no different than the sellout Negroes that sold our people into slavery. Again, that was rapper Megan The Stallion on SNL um, last night. That's October the 3rd, 2020. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast for the day. Um, please stay engaged and please send me an email at infoblips at activist.com if you have any questions. Our upcoming podcast, I'm going to feature guests with me. Uh, the first one, I believe, next week is going to be Yancey Seals. After that, there's a listener called Scott I'm going to have on. I'm looking forward to attempting to get Richard Howell on. That would be a get for me. And I have another big get that I won't say yet because I haven't talked to him, but it would be huge for, for our podcast. Um, listen, also stand by for our website, which should be hopefully by next week. I'm doing this all myself, guys. So hopefully by next week, it should be ready to, uh, to publish. And please excuse my audio and the popping sounds. I'm attempting to get this straight. I'm, I'm operating outside of uh, my home studio in um, 
Connecticut, and I'm on the West Coast right now, and this this microphone just, I can't get rid of the pops, and I'm trying to, and if you have any suggestions, please let me know. <laughs> all right, hey, that's it, that's all, y'all. Thank you very much. Go out, be safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, and stay safe distances away from each other. All right, that's it, that's all, y'all. Go out and make it a great life. Be safe, you guys.